grab your favorite beverage, kick up your feet as you ascend with me into the joy portal of soul reflections, fresh perspectives, fun ideas, and wisdom. Light to light and heart to heart. Smile and breathe even deeper as together we will soar above the perception of all hurdles and shine brightly as the light we are. Namaste. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Light Laughter and Lattes. My name is Jerry Hapstreet. I'm an evasive quantum healer, medical intuitive, transformational teacher, and your friend and soul connection for the next hour. So today we have a great show. I have a guest, Jonathan Goldman, with me shortly. First, I'm going to go over a little bit about the energy of today. It's a big day. Um, And I want to welcome everyone who might be tuning in via Oneness Talk Radio, Oneness Talk Radio Facebook, Oneness Talk Radio YouTube, and all of those who are listening via podcast on Spotify or Apple, Anchor, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And if you want to ever catch this live, um, come on over to Oneness Talk Radio Facebook or YouTube and you can join in the chat. And so anyone who might be connecting now, um, jump in the chat and say hi. You can ask your questions and we can read them and answer them in real time. So love to have you here. And so today, the 10th, um, it's a gateway day. And, you know, all the Wednesdays in March are like gateway days, which is fascinating because they're in the middle of the week, which is really about perfect balance. And today in Ascended Numerology, it happens to be a four, which is, again, about perfect balance. So um, noticing your hearts, I notice on these gateway days, I personally have massive heart openings and they're opportunities to let something new in. Um, they, they tend to be profound energetic days. And today and this week particularly, that energy is hitting us right at the head, right at star consciousness. And today it's right in the middle. So if you're having headaches or pressure in the head or noticing things, having stuff happening with your vision, that's because the energy is really hitting us there right now. And if you want to learn more about opening that star consciousness area, if you're having headaches to help free that energy, you can go to YouTube and type in star consciousness activation, and that will assist you with that energy. Um, I am getting messages from people that are having headaches right now that are experiencing that. So that could be why. So come on over if you need to go over there and check that out, and that will help that. Okay. So now I want to welcome my guest. Um, He is a pioneer in light medicine. He's an author of the book called The Gift of the Body and also is a leading ceremonialist in plant medicine, which I'm so excited to chat with him about that. And so I'm going to welcome Jonathan Goldman in right now. Nice to be with you. It's an honor. Yeah, glad to be with you as well. So I read through all of the things that you've done, and I'm sure you've had, um, you know, let's go back to when you were a child and what 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 was the foundation? What brought you into where you are right now? It's a great question. I think like, like every healer that I've ever been with, it's a combination, right? 
combination of karma, trauma, uh, inspiration, and choice. All of these things go into it, you know. So uh, I was put into the family I was in. I was born in 1950 in suburban Detroit to a, uh, an upperly mobile Jewish family. I was the firstborn in my family, the firstborn cousin. So there was a huge amount of uh, uh, expectation that was put on me to be something. Uh, when I was eight years old, I was standing on the front porch, or the front lawn of my house in the middle of the summer, throwing apples, little green apples at a telephone pole, imagining that I was a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, because that was at that point, that's what I thought it was going to be. Unfortunately, I was only hitting the, the, uh, telephone pole, about one every 15 times. So anybody could have seen that that was not my future. <laughs> But as I was doing that, eight years old, middle of summer, no. And uh, my family was was Reformed Jewish. We were not devout people. And I was not at that point a devout person. But I had an epiphany. I had this moment that happens, I think, to, to many of us, where the world stopped. Everything stopped in my consciousness. And all of a sudden, I had this expanded view of my life, where I lived, what my future was, my culture, not having any of those words, but I had this just from my heart, I had this view and the essential quality that I could feel was boredom. And I made a prayer, although not a prayer like Lord help me, but a prayer inside me, like this cry that was like, Oh Lord, don't let me be bored. <laughs> and I can honestly say that uh, if I can say nothing else about my life, <laughs> that is true. I have not been bored at all. Uh, soon, a few years after that, both my parents died of illnesses. My mother died of breast cancer. My father died of leukemia. That set me on a path needing my own healing, right? For the, was a huge trauma, of course, for anybody. And uh, that set me on a, a course that led me eventually, many, many years later and lots of permutations later, uh, to study acupuncture. I went to England to study acupuncture. This was 1975. There was Nobody even knew what acupuncture was. I went to England to study acupuncture, began practicing acupuncture in Boston, where we had lived at that time, studied hard, worked very hard in a seven-by-eight-foot room for 12 years, at which time I got bored. And, I mean, you're a healer. You know, you can't do this work if you're bored. You have to be present. You have to be uh, able to in, be engaged. So I went to, and then at that time, I had been in therapy for my own healing with a Brazilian man, whose name was Jose Rosa, who after we stopped therapy in 1987, said, we're going to go to Brazil. We're going to go to Brazil. We're going to go to the mountains of Brazil. There's a community there practicing a particular kind of healing work. And if you go with me, I promise you'll do the equivalent of 10 years of psychotherapy and 10 years of meditation in one month. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, okay, that's a good deal. But I had, again, no idea really what to expect because the central practice of this community that still exists is the use of a tea that comes from the Amazon forest that now people call ayahuasca, which is the most popular name, has many names. 
in this context was called daimi. Nobody then, now, lots of people know about it, then literally nobody outside of Brazil or, or the Amazon knew anything about this. And I went there, you know, a babe in the woods, knowing nothing of what was going to happen. Among the many, many, many things that happened in terms of my own healing, my own, the beginnings of a, a heart opening for me, I also discovered, because it got zipped open, that I have a, a spiritual healing channel, a connection to energies and consciousnesses and uh, inspirations beyond my own little egg that I didn't know. I didn't even know the words for it then. And that started the whole thing that has me here sitting with you today because it changed. It turned me inside out. It changed everything, all the, the concepts that I had. You know, I like to believe that there were spiritual things and blah, blah, blah. But I was shown clearly, clearly, clearly the reality and also the falsity, like the, you know, that juxtaposition of what what is true and what sort of looks like true but isn't. And I started to see that, study that. And because of that opening and because I had already forged in me you know, I was a decent acupuncturist. I, I was grounded in in that medicine. And that was then able to be used to teach me all this stuff then that many years later I wrote down in this book. Mm. So can we talk a little bit more about your, your journey with the ayahuasca? I've I've done a couple journeys as well. Mine, mine were San Pedro um, mm-hmm. in Ecuador. And... Um, the massive, massive openings, massive opportunities for shifts in consciousness like no other. And can, can you talk a little bit more about yours? I, I get people who often ask me about ayahuasca and I don't know anything because I've never tried th- that plant medicine. But mm-hmm. I think um, this is actually a year of plant medicine, plant healing in people. And I know even plant medicine is becoming more available, you know, in the way of, of um, medical marijuana in, in the United States, which is, isn't quite the same as what we're talking about, but it is something that people are opening up more to now. Um, can you share a little bit more about your experience you had? Is, is this when your um, opening of your gifts of what you were shown is in the way of mapping the body and stuff? Did that happen in the middle of your, your journey you had? No, what happened was I got opened. You know, I was a, the way I say it is I was like an envelope and then somebody reached inside and pulled it, inverted it, you know, or like a, like a paper bag and all of a sudden a boom and what was on the inside is not on the outside. And I just, it began this, this uh, awareness of how much more everything is starting with myself than I ever imagined. You know, because we live in this culture that that encourages us, teaches us, makes us narrow our vision to all there is, is matter and material and materialism. And even though I fancied myself more than than that, really in my consciousness, I wasn't more. So that was the first thing I became available. Let me say this. It made me available. Uh, And I started to have energies come into my body and and take over my hands and that I, and I didn't really know, I had no, no knowledge to go with it. 
it was all uh, what do you call it? Kinesthetic. It was all uh, intuitive, which I'm very glad about, right? Because I didn't have a lot of concepts to put on top of it, and that's actually one of the, um, the the traps of this kind of work is the mind wants to make up stories, and so we we start interpreting things before we actually have the information. So for me, I didn't have any information. I just had that all of a sudden I'd be working with a client and my hand would go out and hang over their body and something would happen and they would get up and be better. And the next day that something else would be happening, you know? So it started to open my, my channel, as I call it, or my, my, this talent that I had. Uh, What happens is in all these medicines, all these medicines are cousins to each other, right? San Pedro is a cousin to ayahuasca, which is a cousin to peyote, which is a cousin to psilocybin, you know, like that. They're all cousins, and they have a slightly, based on where they come from and the plant they come from, for instance, peyote comes from the desert. So it has a vibration that is different than ayahuasca that comes from the jungle, right? Or San Pedro, and it comes from a different plant. And uh, iboga. It comes from Africa. It's a whole different thing. It comes from a root. So all of these things have a slightly different vibrational structure, but they all have the same purpose, which is to drop the veils, mm-hmm. right? The veils that we have in us that are there on purpose, right? The veils are there for a purpose. We're supposed to be humans having a human experience doing human stuff. That's why we're in a human body, right? <laughs> so uh, we go there, be- but we have this innate uh, desire, need that for some of us gets acute. Like I have to know more. I know there's more, right? I say we are blind amnesiacs walking around, bumping into things and learning like that. And But I have this desire in me to see and to remember Right. And so then these plants have been given the, the man who was the leader uh, of my spiritual path that became the daimi. He said, when God put us on this earth, she knew that being a human was going to be not an easy thing. So she gave us these plants to help us remember who we are. How foolish would we be to not make use of them? All right which is an answer to the people that say, no, what you need to do is you need to meditate for 40 years. And there are people for whom that's their path and they should do that. I do that. I meditate every day. But for those of us who are ready, as I say, to walk the goat path, right? The sheep, the sheep go up the mountain in the the switchbacks and they go up steadily and they go up slowly and they get there. Eventually the the goats go up the mountain, like, (laughs) climb up the mountain quick. So for those of us who are goats, these plant medicines can be really, really useful. And they come with a challenge because they can, as you, you know, you said they can be so powerful that we have to learn to be more grounded, more humble, right? More, more in the not knowing to recognize the traps of our egos which are many and tricky, right? So it comes with a, a responsibility. Yeah, well, you know, I think the one of the greatest gifts of the plant medicine is that their ability to relax the ego, 
so that you can see and be and experience who you really are. But you have to be able to relax the ego enough to even allow the plant medicine to work to begin with. So it's kind of this, this balance that's really funny. Um, um, <laughs> there's kind of like a fine point in there <laughs> that, you, that you can slide. You have to slide through to really get the, get it to work well. <laughs> what I say to people when at the beginning of a ceremony, often they'll say, "Look, here's what we're going to do." You're going to take your ego, and there's a coat rack outside. You're going to hang it on the coat rack for now. It will be there for you to pick up for sure after you leave here. But how about for these hours, we just let it hang there and see what's what's underneath? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. You know, probably too. And I've had many, many, many spiritual experiences over the course of my years and and um, my experience with the San Pedro, especially the first time, was probably you know, one of the top three things that I've ever done to, you know, assist my healing and to really open my eyes to a greater truth. Um, excellent at at dissolving the veil for sure. So, um, yeah. And actually, I'm getting. I'm you know, shortly um, Monday, I'm leaving again. Um, there's the equinox, as you know, coming up, uh-huh. and it's huge, huge opportunity this year. So I'm going to be with the Kenyari and several people for that's called the WWA Global Event in Ecuador um, in the Andes Mountains, and we're going to be doing San Pedro ceremonies for two days straight. <laughs> so, for you. So, um, yeah, so those of you who are listening to, you can go to that www.global.com and you can sign up for the virtual event. The, these events are usually done um, sacred and are closed off, but because it's so important right now to assist humanity in their awakening process and not everyone can get to these things, the whole thing is going to be televised live via internet. Just have to sign up for it. So, um Wanted to jump that, put that in there while we were talking about plant medicine. Um, so, so tell me a little bit more. How did the how did the light frequency thing then enter? So that's different than the acupuncture, correct? Different, no different. Look, acupuncture works on a particular layer of the what I call the vehicle, right? Some people call it the aura or the the, the etheric double. So the layers of our vehicle, the energetic layers of which the physical body is one, right? It's the most dense. And then there are succeeding layers that are more and more refined, but they make up this egg that uh, I quote in my book, my son, when he was five years old, he looked at me and he said, oh, I see dad, we're eggs with legs, (laughs) right? (laughs) So in that egg that, that is the layers that has these layers of energy, the one most close to the physical that interpenetrates the physical and then, you know, goes an inch or two above it is called the etheric body. And the acupuncture and many good therapies, Reiki, craniosacral, uh, work, uh, vibrational uh, herbs work within that etheric body. So that's what that was my grounding. I did that for 12 years, many, about 50, 50 clients a week, working, working, working. We we're learning on the job. What I started to experience first and then see and then be taught about was these other layers. 
the more refined layers. And what I came to understand, for instance, is most of what we experience as symptoms or illnesses, disturbances, problems, actually originate in the mental body. They originate in the, the place where belief and opinion live. And then they, they, they create a, a blockage, a density, so that like a, a beaver dam, the energy has to flow around it and flowing around it, it has to uh, adapt. And in adapting, it creates a ripple. So the ripple then goes to the emotional body. Most pain that we experience, like what I interpret as pain in my body, is actually density, stuckness in the emotional body, which is between the etheric body and the mental body. Then it pushes on the etheric body, which is why acupuncture and these other things can work as preventive medicine, because the symptoms, the signs show up there before the physical body, and then eventually they end up in the physical body, and then we say, oh, I'm sick, I have these symptoms. So by addressing the origin point, which sometimes is beyond, is in the spiritual body, in the karmic implants, we can actually free up the energy stream, which then many times resolves the, the, the symptom, but even if it doesn't, it makes all those other therapies work better. It's like you're, take, you're taking the rock out of the stream. You're, ta- you're taking the beaver dam out. And then, then you have to clean up the stream. Okay, so let's do that with herbs. Let's do that with therapies. Let's do that with meditation. Let's do that with all kinds of things. But if we free up the beaver dam, so to speak, all of those things work better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what is, what is the light, light therapy that you are talking about or that you... Here, here's what I say. Light is not a metaphor. Light is not a metaphor, right? Just like the heart is not a Hallmark card. The light is light is the is what makes us alive, right? It gets called prana. It gets called chi, and it's everywhere. There is a source in in the esoteric world. They call it the central sun, right? The sun behind the sun behind the sun. There is literally in the universe, the center of the universe is a source of that light. I experience, I call it light because that's how I see it. Right. It makes everything lighter. And when I, when I feel it, I see light. I f- feel light around me, but I feel the sparkle of it. And I feel the, the movement of it. And I feel the aliveness of it. And I feel the, the innate intelligence of it. So it's everywhere, right? The difference when, I'm in this body, you're in this body. When, when I leave my body, when you leave your body, it's, it's a lump of clay. What's the difference between a lump of clay and an alive person is light. So what we can learn to do as a healer, I, you know, you, you, make, you call it what you call it, I call it what I call it, is as a healer and as a person becoming a healer, which is not necessarily someone that puts their hands on people, is to become a conduit for that light. Conscious, consciously constructing inside our energy field a structure that allows us to call, receive, and transmit that light into whatever situation, whatever words, whatever actions we are called to do. So that's 
So I call that light. And to me, right, light has no opinion. It has no ideology. It, it's available to everybody. And you can use it however you want. My preference is to use it through the heart because then I know it's in the highest good of all beings. But people use it for other things, right? People, How can some people that do negative things be so powerful? Well, because they also are tuning into something. But I prefer, you prefer, I, I know, to do it through the heart. And therefore, it, uh, what I call it, provokes compassion. It provokes faith. It provokes forgiveness. It provokes healing, transformation. Absolutely. I, I thought maybe when you refer, were referring to light, you were, you know, maybe laser therapy or something like right. that. <laughs> but <laughs> a whole other thing. No. Also, light, but but I'm, I'm talking about the the non-mechanical version. Exactly, the light. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so you go through, um, and, and you say that you've mapped, say, the emotions where all the different emotions lie. Yeah. So, do you want to want to share some of your under? Is is this something that you just intuited? or you were shown it, or just that's your experience of working yeah. with people, you found that where, where, where is where it resides? You know, so referring to the other thing about being the blind amnesiac, I was taught like piece by piece. I was, there are people that say, oh, I got this download and I saw the whole thing. And no, wasn't this way. <laughs> I was led step by step. So here's how it started. When I came back from Brazil and I was doing my private practice, I, things started happening. As I said, you know, my hands would go here. I'd be guided to do acupuncture in a way that I never imagined, didn't know what it meant. And my hand, my different, my hands would go over people's body and just rest there for a while. And I didn't know that they were in chakras. I didn't know that they were in these energy fields. I just know that someone was put my hand there. So one day there's a woman lying on my, on, on the table and I have my hand over her solar plexus, right over her stomach, about a foot and a half up. And I'm just holding it there. And I don't even know why. And I hear an inner voice that says to me, I don't know who I am anymore. And so I assume this is true for you. It's certainly been true for me that I had times in my life when I didn't know who I was. This didn't happen to be that time. So I thought, wow, that's not me. I wonder who, what that is. So I took the risk and I said to the woman, you know, let me tell you what I just heard. I just heard, I don't know who I am anymore. And she bursts into tears and says, that's exactly what's going on. I lost my job. She was in the moment of her, uh, what they call the midlife crisis, right? She was in the late 30s. Da, da, da. My, my, my relationship fell apart. I don't know who I am anymore. And she was having stomach symptoms. She was having, you know, female symptoms. She was insomnia, blah, 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 mental the one thing that happens from that is you've like crazy thoughts and your thoughts go, huh? So I thought, wow, how interesting. And I wrote it down over the next 15 years. <clears throat> I was given piece by piece in each chakra, in each layer. What is the main thing that resides there? So for instance, right there, it's called what called the mental body of the third chakra is identity who I believe I am in this life. When I say Jonathan is, you know, fill in the blank. Jonathan is a bing, 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 bing. Those bing, bing, bings live in there. They don't live in my brain. They live in my third chakra. 
when I reach a point where organically my heart is calling me to change my loyalty from the third chakra to the fourth chakra, from the solar plexus to the heart, which is what happens in the, the progress of a life. We are naturally called to the heart. That thing starts to morph, that area, that belief in me, who I am, starts to morph. If I fight it, then I start doing all kinds of things. One thing that happens a lot, people get addicted. You start, or you start taking medication, or you start doing all these things to make sure that, that you hang on to that sense of identity. What I learned from this woman and later is, no, don't fight it. Come to your heart. You'll have a new identity. On the opposite side of that third chakra in the back, literally in the mental body of the back of the heart chakra, the, excuse me, of the solar plexus chakra, lives the energy of, I have to do it myself. Many, many people, me for sure. I'm 70 years old and I'm learning it now that I'm not alone. But that sense of I have to do it myself, I don't have backup. It's up to me, it's up to me, it's up to me, lives in the back. That tires out the kidneys where the positive, where your lower will lives. You get tired. You start picking up lots of energies which come into your third chakra, extraneous energies, thought forms, emotions. They stick to you because your third chakra is weakened. Then your identity starts to morph and you're off to the races. So the work is then to identify the deeper levels, like what's holding the pattern in place rather than, and I'm not, I'm, I'm saying, so this woman also, she could take herbs and she changed her diet and she did all those good things, but let's help that place of identity morphing and thinking you have to do it yourself. Let's call light to that. See? So that's a very brief idea. And that, that's true for all the chakras. And the most important one is the heart. You referred to it at the beginning. The most important one is the heart because the heart is uh, holds the personal and the transpersonal. Right? The heart holds the personal and the transpersonal. Holds this life and the other lives. Holds the me that is the deepest me and holds the me that is in this life. And the layers of the heart chakra are absolutely magnificent. And when I learn how to step, for instance, into the place of compassion, which literally lives in the emotional body in the front of my heart, literally it is the place that compassion was planted in my aura before I was born. When I step into that, then I stop having to have the Dalai Lama hold compassion for me. I can help him hold it as an example. Yeah, what we refer to, so... um I, I'm an Avesa quantum healer and, and a self-ascension intuitive counselor. And mm-hmm. so we talk about, um, you know, the third dimension is where everyone lives. It's where our body exists. But it's also where we're still attached to the traumas and the dramas and the pains and the victim and the, you know, rescuer and the abuser and all of that. So mm-hmm. at some point, you can lift in consciousness and not at some point, but you can constantly keep lifting in consciousness and still hold the body in the third dimension, but your energy energy resides outside of the pain and the trauma where you're literally in the world, but not of the world. And that's the fifth dimension. But the key to getting there is through the heart and through compassion. 
Right. And, and once you can activate that, and actually the, the heart chakra will change its spin from a, like a circular wheel to an infinity symbol, um, a double infinity, actually. Um, and, and that's when you've ignited the heart and you, you've got a lift, but you're still walking in this world. But you're in a space of peace, love and joy, and, and none of the stuff around you pulls you. I mean, occasionally there'll be something, but you, you've got the awareness where it doesn't pull you down. And, and it's all about compassion, the keys to compassion. And it's compassion around yourself first. And once you've really anchored that, then you can have that same compassion for all of humanity. And it, it's a key. It's a key to it's a key to staying in the place of really upliftment and awareness. So and and, and let me add one thing to what you're saying. I completely agree with what you're saying. It's very beautiful. So the one, another aspect of compassion, right? Many people who come to this kind of work, the people I work with, the people you work with are very sensitive, right? They are what, what I, what, what in my training we would call mediums, right? Discussion for another day. And we find ourselves trying to, Fend off. What I say is, we're, we're like we're like badminton players. You know, you have a badminton racket, you're like hitting the birdies so they don't hit you in the head. Mm-hmm. And so the answer, so and what we have learned how to do is to contract behind, not wanting to get so inundated and overwhelmed uh, by the energies. The real protection is compassion. Mm-hmm. Compassion literally makes a vibrational um, donut, a life, a life preserver around the body at the distance of about six inches in front of the heart, literally becomes the, the place where those energies come to be held literally, not metaphorically, in compassion so they can be transformed by light. So in fact, being more open in your heart is more protective than being more closed in your heart. Well, and something that I found in my journey when I first started it, and I was opening, 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 that exact same thing happened to me. I could feel everyone's everything. Um, There were certain places I couldn't go. I remember leaving some places and going out in the parking lot and throwing up because of all the energy I had received that didn't agree with my body, and it would make me sick. Um, I getting on airplanes and processing everyone's stuff and knowing exactly who had what and everything that I was processing and, and what it took me um, and, and my clients too, I was processing everyone's everything. And I know a lot of healers go through this, but once I reached a place where um, I was in my empowerment, meaning it wasn't just an open heart, but I actually had the balance of the empowerment, meaning good boundaries, meaning I'm giving, receiving in balance. I'm not letting people take advantage of me. I'm putting myself first. And I wasn't always so good at putting myself first. I put other people before me. And part of the key to flipping all that around was me learning to put me first so that I'm full, so I can give from a place of fullness and having really good boundaries and now I'm in a space where I can go anywhere. 
I can go into anything. I, I regularly go to bars to dance. <laughs> but there was a time where that w- was challenging for me. And I, I know many people, um, many healers, especially who are very empathic, are challenged with that. You know, with one of the things that I teach is is about that. It's very beautiful. I went through very, very similar stuff. I'd be like, nope, can't go into that restaurant. No, 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 not, not, not going to any parties. Uh, 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 you know, like that, right? You know, and and then there is, and so what I what I would say then, uh, just to add a little different language to what you're saying, is the 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 learning to be very grounded. You spoke to it before, learning really learning the art of being simultaneously totally incarnated and linked to the transpersonal realms, right? Like, where do you live? No, I'm here, but where I live is in my heart, right? And so that juxtaposition, and, and it's a learning, right? It's a learning how to, how to be in, uh, in that space. Yeah, right? a- absolutely. It, it's, it's constantly something that we're working with, right, is we're receiving higher frequency energies and shifting and then having to bring them into this body of form and navigate on the planet, navigate in our cars, <laughs> and, and do all of those those things. And I, and, and in many ways, I think we are even creating this as we go. We're we're um, finding new ways to do this. It's kind of um, we're figuring it out as we go along. Because I think consciousness has reached a point that it has never reached before. And so we, we're like constantly paving a new path and pioneering new ways. Well, I call it on the job training. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I do want, and I want to add one thing about the previous thing too. There's a very important in my work distinction, discernment between empathy and compassion. Mm. They are not the same thing. And there's a, a, a misunderstanding that is in the field. People are talking about compassion fatigue. In my world, there's no compassion fatigue because compassion is a universal force. You can't. It'd be, it'd be like saying sun. The the sun is fatigued, or the you know the 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 universe is fatigued. No, compassion is a universal force. Empathy is a human force. Empathy is a very important tool, but it's a tool. Empathy tells me what's going on with someone else. Empathy shows me, right, makes me a, a, a person that relates to other people and wants to help them, right? We have seen in the bigger picture what happens when people don't have sympathy, right? The cruelty and the craziness goes on. So, that, but for me, it's information. It's not the way I do. Because if I hang out in the space of empathy, what happens is I, I become, I start making, I, I make a link with people and I start picking up the energies from them. So what, as my daughter taught me, she said, look, uh, empathy is a door. You go through the door and you get the information. Then you come out and where you stay is in the space of compassion, which is a different vibration. Empathy comes either from the third chakra or the second chakra. Actually, next many women, empathy actually comes from the, from the second chakra, from the womb, from the, that ability to, to, you know, from that, that feminine link. Man, it tends to come from the third chakra. It doesn't matter. Uh, as we've talking about, compassion comes from the heart. 
And so that distinction for healers, especially, is super important because otherwise we get burned out, right? Empathy, a lot of people ends up in burnout and and frustration, right? Because empathy, there are three. There's sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Sympathy says, I'm going to do it for you. Empathy says, I'm going to do it with you. Compassion says, I'm going to hold a space and I know you're going to do it. Definitely more empowering. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah. So what do you see is with, with, with what's going on in the world right now and what people are needing? Do, do you have a comment on that or do you have a, you know, how do you see things? I have, I, look, I like everybody else, I have my observations, but I have two things that I would, would offer. You referred to one of them before, actually. I think that the key to this moment is uh, learning to center in the heart for real. What I call the three groundings, it's what I teach. The three grounding, grounded on earth, centered in the heart, and receiving light. Learning that art because what that lets me do is to be comfortable with not knowing. And I think many people are in a panic about not knowing because the external paradigm, the way we've, we've reflected, right? So I, I'm up until now, I know myself by what I do. I know myself by the job I have or the designation I have or the money I'm making or the, all those things, right? All that is, it has crumbled or at least been disrupted. And so in the panic, we imagined that we knew what was going on. We didn't, but we imagined it. And that imagination has now crumbled. And so people are desperate to know what's going on. What happens when I learn to appreciate my inner self, you know, as you, as you talked about, right, to appreciate oneself, is I'm, I'm okay with hanging out and not knowing. I think that's actually accurate. First of all, as you said, consciousness has moved to a level where the truth is nobody knows where we're going. I don't even think the divine beings know where we're going, to tell you the truth. And if they do, they're not, telling, they're not talking. <laughs> the, so that's number one. Number two, we are seeing the results of this tragic criminal dis disconnect that we have from nature as a species, right? We are the, we have, we are dominators and I'm not saying everybody, but even those of us who live more in harmony with nature, we're part of the consciousness of humanity. So humanity as a species is so disconnected from the vibration of nature that we're susceptible really susceptible to things like viruses. And I'm not saying that if you're in touch with nature, you're not going to get sick. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a, a general consciousness. And so we're seeing the results of that disconnection. And we're also seeing then the results of the system that we have in have to have dominated and abused nature, which is capitalism. And so then you see the inequality. And you see the difference between countries. 130 countries in this world do not have access to the vaccine, whatever your opinion is of the vaccine, right? The, the rich countries are holding this in, because we can. So you see this disparity. You see it in our country. <clears throat> the people who have been marginalized, the people who have been uh, 
have to live in in difficult conditions and so all this kind of stuff. So we're seeing the results of, as Malcolm X once said, the chickens have come home to roost, right? And I'm not, so my way, my part, I think your part too, it sounds like, is to teach this art of living through the heart so that we can be part of holding the space for all this to work out, for the off-gassing of all the negativity of thousands of years of war and thousands of years of, of conflict and thousands of years of religious misunderstanding and all this stuff. It's all off-gassing. And it's off-gassing through illness and it's off-gassing through um, conflict and it's off-gassing through ideology and blah, blah, blah. All of this. And so to step underneath that into the heart and become of what my guide calls the secret army of the heart. He says, we're part of a secret army of the heart, which means linking on the inner planes with everybody who's doing the same, making a circle around the earth that is holding space of compassion for all this to go, go on. And nobody knows how it's going to end up. And I'm comfortable with that. I don't like it every minute. But I don't need to make up a, a theory. I don't need to jump into, no, no, this is what's going on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank God somebody's in charge. No. What's in charge is always the divine forces. Right. Well, I think we're creating it. Each one of us. We're creating how this is, is going to happen. We're, we're collectively coming together with our consciousness or not. <laughs> Yeah. And, and actively creating how this is gonna this is gonna turn out, which which is cool that we have that opportunity. But there's lots of unconscious energy out there that's also creating. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and you also there's some it was something I was reflecting on this morning as well as you're talking about we've lost our connection to nature, and I actually was reflecting on this as I was out in nature. I was out with my dog at the dog park. Um, and I go early in the morning, so um, when it's still crisp and there's not many people around. But lately, I've been noticing so many people who show up there with their dogs and will stand and um, sit on their telephone the whole time while their dog is laying on the ground, you know, holding the Frisbee in their mouth, watching their owner. <laughs> and, and this has been more than ever and more people than ever. And I'm standing there watching them thinking this poor dog. I mean, they could have stayed at home. They knew enough to take their dog out, but yet they've not only lost connection with nature, but that need to connect on their phone is a sign that they've lost connection with themselves. Yeah. And people are just so afraid to be alone with themselves. And, and that's the piece of the heart. The heart is not going to go anywhere and open and be in that space of compassion if you can't even begin to look at yourself and be alone with yourself. And this is what really this the quarantining has offered so many people is we're going to have a time out on the planet. Go home. There's nothing else you can do but sit and watch the news and, and ignite your mind. Or you can turn it off and go inside, <laughs> which a lot of people did. And a lot of people have lifted through this because of it. But, um, yeah, and people are yearning for that connection that they have lost, and they seem to try get it through the phone. That seems to be their way. Yeah, when, in fact, 
the way to know that I've never been alone is to be in my heart, right? I am alone. When I'm in my heart, I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. Right. Right? Because literally, we are connected through the inner electromagnetic field that runs through the whole universe. You know, this is not mythological. This is scientific. We, everything is connected through, elect, right? It's called the, the, the strong force, the electromagnetic force. Spiritual energy rides on top of that, arise on top of that electromagnetic force. And so when I get to that place, what my, my guide calls the underneath, the underneath, the underneath in my heart, I'm literally activating that connection with everything. Now, it, I still want to, I want to hang out with my friends, right? I want to go to a restaurant. I want to do all these things, but I'm not devastatedly lonely. And it, it's super important, right? Because along with what you're saying, there's many people that have, are depressed. Many people get anxious. There's many, you know, all these kinds of things that are coming up. So I agree with what you're, I think what you're saying is very beautiful. Yeah. Um, speaking of the heart connection to, again, um, I had my son was super visual when he was younger. And he used to talk a lot about the colors that were emanating around people. And he could, he could sit and draw a full, um, auric field with someone with the color, cool. he, the heart chakras in the hands and, and everything. And he used to say, you know, mom, there's, there's a green stream of energy that comes from your heart to all of our hearts. And he talked about each of my kids and he, and he said, so we're, we're all connected with the heart. I can see, he could see the energy stream of that. Cool. <laughs> and he could see the color of the heart, right? The heart has two colors has green and magenta. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he would draw it purple on all of his things. He says, mom, everyone has a purple heart. So that, that's how he <laughs> saw all of his little colorings had a little purple heart. And this is like when he was six. So. <laughs> how old is he now? Oh, he's, oh my gosh, I'm 16 or 17. I think he's 17 now. <laughs> he's wow. a senior in high school. So I, I don't know if he's seeing it as, as, as much as he was before. I think he's kind of um, maybe lost a bit of that with um, experiences that he's gone through. <laughs> so, same thing. Same thing. That happened to you as well? Yeah, he wanted to be a regular kid because he got sick of, you know, his, his friends would say to him, I remember this one time, the kid was like super angry at him. And my son looks at him and he says, you're not angry, you're sad. Right. Yeah. Like that. And so he got sick of it. And so for years, he's now 38. And he, for years, he just tried to pretend that none of that was real. He became a scientist and he was going to go to medical school and like this. And now he's 38 and he's reowning all of that stuff in him. Right. His sensitivity and his vision and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's fabulous. And, it, and it's really surprising um, even when I'm hanging out with just a regular crowd of people who, who per se aren't healers or on an awakening path. But when we get into these deeper conversations, every one of them that I've been in touch with all have a story of when they were young, where they had visions, where they knew things, where they could do things. And they even felt funny talking about it, but they did with me because they know I'm very open but they all had that and they all covered it up and they're, and 
so it's fascinating because I tend you tend to correlate that that with people who are actively working in the industry, but n- not necessarily. I think you know so many 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 people have hidden hidden those gifts. And and the cool thing is, so what we're doing here in this moment, but what we're doing in our work is, we're just revealing what is right. What I say is it's not necessary to make up stories. You don't have to make up imaginings. You don't have to make up explanations. What is is so amazing that activating in us the ability to access that, however it is, if you're more visual, if you're more kinesthetic, if you're more sensory, if you're more audio, right? Everybody has intuition. It's so incredible. So we don't need to make up stuff. And so people like that, you know, and we've covered it up in our culture, right? We, we, we have a, a covered-up culture. And so the revelation of that is, is an amazing, amazing liberation. When I teach workshops, one of the first things I do the first day is I say, okay, look, we're going to imitate an AA meeting. You know an AA meeting? You say, hi, my name is Johnny. I'm an alcoholic. Here you're going to say, hi, my name is Johnny. I'm a sensitive and everybody goes, hi, my name, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. let's own it. Let's own it. Right. Instead of it being punishment, it becomes the, the way in. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I love that. So we have just a few minutes left here is um, you do a lot of wonderful things. You do some workshops, you have some online courses. Um, you've got this book you've written do you want to share with people, you know, some things that you've got going on where they can connect yeah. with you? And, and I'll put it all too in the in the links above or below, depending on where you're catching this. So, so yeah, I would appreciate it. So, okay, the book is called "Gift of the Body." Uh, I call it a text textbook for the adventure uh, of your life, right? For the adventure school of your life, it's available on Amazon. We're now printing a whole. We've sold so many now. We're printing a whole new uh, printing of it. It's available digitally. It's uh, it's available in the you know and and also soft cover. Um, has colored pictures in it. So <laughs> you like to? Uh, I'm very proud of it. it. It basically lays out all this stuff that I'm talking about. Uh, our, the website. Our website is essentiallight.org. Essential light is one word, lowercase, two L's in the middle. Essentiallight.org. Have courses short videos, longer videos, writings. We have a whole library of what we call transmissions. The thing I'm most proud of right now and that I think is really useful is a a 10-part series that I did on Zoom in September, October, November that basically lays out this whole methodology. Uh, I was doing a session yesterday with somebody who just finished his second time through it and I can tell you it works. I was looking at this guy's energy field and it works to construct this, this inner structure. I'm doing a series of live online courses. T- uh, tomorrow night's the first one. Uh, it's called Introduction to Your Energy Self. There's another one in April that's, that's called Mediumship in the Time uh, of Madness. And then I have courses that are going on, including Training for Healers. So, look, I know that there are a lot of wonderful things going on. Thank God. (laughs) It has a particular way for people who are called to work 
step by step. It's not a panacea. I'm not proposing. I grew up in Detroit and we say, they used to say, vote for me and I'll set you free. I'm not saying vote for me and I'll set you free. I'm saying let's discover together who we are. And then let's construct consciously a way to become that fully. So that's that. Thank you for the opportunity to share that. Absolutely. And thank you so much for being here. This was, this was a lot of fun. And thank you everyone for listening and the Patricias. There's two of them that have jumped in the chat to offer their hearts and good days. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Hope you have a fabulous week. We'll see you all next week. Amen. Thank you. You bet. Are you ready to make joy and well-being number one in your life? Are you ready to live the life you've always wanted to live? Then you have found the right place. Joyful Living, a Vesa Quantum Healing Center. Hi, my name is Jerry Habstreet, and I've been an Avesa Medical Intuitive, Quantum Healer, and Self-Ascension Intuitive Counselor for 10 years, and have mastered the many tools of self-ascension to assist you to live your best life ever. Are you needing assistance with emotional or physical healing? How about a medical intuitive scan, EFT or an Avesa chakra balance? Do you have repetitive issues that keep reappearing time after time? How about a cosmic life regression session? Are you wondering what your unique gifts are and wanting some deeper insight on your life? Or maybe you are getting ready to make some big decisions and you want guidance. How about an ascended numerology reading? Maybe you are unsure what you need. That's okay too. I offer free 15-minute consultations and can work with you in person or online. You can contact me by, bo- by going to the host page on the Oneness Talk Radio website and clicking on Jerry Street. There you will find all my contact information. Wishing you great joy on your journey.